right now she doesn't seem to be in any immediate trouble. And we've been taking pictures of that over the last no, few hours. Just only when you really need to use it. Scott, do you need a minute? I, I'm doing stuff. It called me on my fucking cell phone again, so... Okay, problem solved. Um... <laughs> Um, that cat sure is helpful. <laughs> <laughs> More helpful than Scott. Podcasts, the final frontier. These are the Star Trek episodes of the podcast Superhero Time. Our continuing mission? Explore old episodes of Star Trek. Alienate even more listeners and boldly plow your mom where no one has come before. Superhero Time presents that one episode of Star Trek. With Chris. Being a dick is its own reward. Hey, Mickey. Taking a dick is its own reward. Scott. I can't think of dicks at the moment. And Fort Max. (laughs) Getting rid of a dick is its own reward. (laughs) Who else loves Discovery as much as I do? Uh, definitely getting there. So, yeah, okay. So if we're doing that, then yes. Okay, I got to say, Discovery has really pulled me around. The characters are really coalescing. The store is coalescing. Uh, it's not so much callbacks. It's not fan service. It's actually part of the plot. And I actually, I really love what they're doing with Sarek. It's so neat to see this side of Sarek and why things have fucking happened the way they did. You mean a side that makes them at all relatable and interesting? Yes, that's yes. a fucking goddamn miracle. <laughs> yes, no, you're right. I, I completely agree with you. I, I am, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So that's why he was so pissed for Spock joining Starfleet. There's a fucking reason for it, because he sacrificed his other kid, basically her future, for Spock. And Spock said, nah, I'm not going to go to the Expedi- Expeditionary Force or the Science Council. I'm, I'm going to go to Starfleet. Motherfucker! You can't! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and the whole thing where like the, the the Vulcans like oh well we don't want two of your little social experiments he they called his children social experiments yeah that show that Sarek was ostracized because of that he's not pure Vulcan yeah man I, I um, all that was just fantastic yeah that actually made me give a shit about Sarek for the first time in fifty years <laughs> yep <laughs> oh hundred percent on board could not agree more. <laughs> Uh, and I do, and it was it was well done. It was done well. I mean, the, the whole long distance mind meld, Katra sharing things, little, eh, but it was worth it. It was worth it to tell the story. Yeah, at this point, I don't really care that it's a new mechanic because it's serving the purpose of the story, and it's fine, really. And it's right. right. That was not really explored in any degree before, so it's not like it's contradicting. So it can just be this is more of what this is. Right. And right, the only exactly. mind meld like, we've seen before were Spock. And he's half Vulcan, so maybe he's got half the power. Well, and Tuvok well, did mind melds too, but who cares? Yeah. yeah. And there were those ones in uh, Enterprise. Also don't count. <laughs> well, and Spock would even do stuff long distance. Like, remember he, like, he like tricked that guard using a Jedi mind trick, like, on the other side of a wall? Mm-hmm. So distance is it's not unheard of. I mean, it's just unheard of here. Now, I got to say that the, the artificial device to do the mind meld amplification, the fact that it pushed the pressure points on the yeah, face yes. like fingers, uh, holy shit, great. I'm sorry. That is just <laughs> rad. I saw that immediately. I was like, okay. The only I, way I, I would have been more entertained by that is if there was like literally just like artificial fingers uh, part <laughs> of it. 
Yeah, now, not just pressure pads. Is, can you also use it at? Can you also use that thing for a long distance Vulcan nerve pinch? If you put Ooh. it on the shoulder and neck, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to no. It comes like a, like a uh, the Super Six <laughs> scope from the Super Nintendo. That's what it looks like. You shoot long range. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that whole thing was was pretty fucking rad. I gotta say, I was really impressed. And, and even what they're doing with Lorca and the Admiral. Oh my god, Lorca! Oh, it's awesome. I'm actually I really intrigued. Yeah, it's just the so only, What a good. Like the problem I had, the only problem I had was that the situation with the Admiral was telegraphed from the moment she stormed out of Lorca's quarters, and then they <laughs> yes. introduced the idea that well, she can go take over the Klingon thing. Yeah, as soon as, as, soon as she yes. stormed out, it's like, I'm going to take away your ship. And the first thing is, oh, yeah, you're dead. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You're dead meat. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I, it thing... is Starfleet Admiral, so. <laughs> Except she's not a typical Starfleet Admiral. She's actually reasonable. She yeah. appears to be a good dude. Yeah, right. she, she's right is the problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, she's, she's not right. a psychopath. No. No, uh, that's Lorca. Maybe. Maybe not. Well, yeah, so, uh, like, you have some questions about what Lorca's situation is. You were talking about that on Twitter. I have my theory, which is that he is an explosion in progress that does not realize it's exploding yet. Yes. Um, does he have PTSD? Yeah. Oh, yes. Probably. What if he's faking it? What if he's just a sociopath? I don't know. I don't think that's the case. I, I um, like this still think that he, he does want the war to end, but he, he is willing to do anything to make that happen, which is going to end up making him a villain. Right. I so mean, his breakdown, when he thought he was going to lose his ship, was that him like being honest, like really freaking out, being scared? Or was that him trying to manipulate her? I don't and know. She didn't she, know. And she called him on it, which was awesome. Yeah, and like I don't know if he was being real or not there or not. Right. Um, when he didn't go to save her right away... Was he doing that to keep his ship and be, you know, Machiavellian, or was he trying to take her advice and do things the right way, the Starfleet way? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's I, unreadable, I, right? Which is interesting. Also interesting. I'm starting to question whether uh, Ash is the Klingon or not. Because they're, they're being a little obvious about it, aren't they? They're being super heavy with the clues. Yeah, boy, you're the most and... human person I ever met, Ash. Well, thank you, human. <laughs> You know, like, if he's on. a Klingon, he knows an awful lot about how to act like a human. But uh, which person was on that ship uh, that isn't terribly human and kind of off-putting oh, and sent the, gen the Admiral into the trap? Well, uh, the, the Stemmets, right? No, Lorca. Uh, I think what Lorca if Lorca might... that came back is not Lorca? Um, yeah... I mean, I mean, on a st for 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 you and I, yeah, I could see that. But for the storytelling, for the narrative, and the, considering the time they have, I don't know. But what if the real Lorca is still held captive, though? Um. Also, what's that weird triangle-shaped scar on his back that the admiral was like really freaked out by? Like, what the fuck is this shit? Oh, I just yeah, thought you were cutting. Like, it did look a little bit like the Starfleet symbol, didn't it? <laughs> Except it was a perfect triangle. Was right it? over the spine. Mm. It's something. The way they frame the shot said, "This is important. This is not just some crazy scar. Right, this is a right. clue, yeah, or foreshadowing, or something." Or, or was it like evidence of the torture he went through under the Klingons? Or no, because it was already scarred over. It's only been like three weeks. She said, or just an well, injury I... he took when he lost his old ship. Also, um, 
she mentioned that time they went through a crazy combat and had the romantic night under the stars, mm-hmm. and he didn't remember it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And you're she also right. said after she jumped up out of bed that it wasn't like it was before. Right, right. And let me tell Which you, could mean women... a whole lot of things, admittedly, but... Yeah. They know the dick. Yeah, um, <laughs> but th- this is what's so crazy interesting about Lorca is there's so many hints and clues that there's things going on, but nothing is so concrete that you can get a general idea of what's right about him. Right, which is 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 in, it's not it doesn't feel cheap. It feels interesting. I, he's a complete mystery, even though there's clues everywhere. Right, that's really fucking cool. Yeah, uh, and I what like if that. Lorca's because... been a sleeper the whole time. Well, I think it's interesting that they're they're putting so much effort into keeping it in continuity, and and every episode that happens, they're, they're in, a, in a way they're putting it more and more into continuity and making it fit better and better, which I like. And it's interesting that we've never heard of Michael Burnham before. We've never heard of Lorca because I think Starfleet, they had to either everyone dies and or they've covered everything up. They had to for some reason. Something so terrible happens that the Federation covered this shit up, and I cannot wait to see what it is. What if Lorca's been a sleeper since before the start of the series? They were able to grab him off that shuttle because they knew where to find him because they can track him. Uh, that'd be interesting. I don't know. And they captured him to try to get his information out of him. Yeah. I I, I mean, I don't know. Like, like Hey, he said it could be any number of things, but I'm, I'm on for the ride now. I'm, I'm on board. Yes. Um, this is exactly what Star Trek has needed. I An evolution of storytelling. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, and and Michael, uh, now that she kind of kind of chilled out a little bit, now she doesn't act all stiff. And she's like, she actually is accepting we're getting a character humanity. arc. Yes. Yeah, we're getting so many character arcs. Like, everybody has a character arc, and it's wonderful. Tilly's got a character arc because she decided she, how she wants to go to the command and how she wants to do her career. Everyone's got a character. You get a character arc. You get a character arc. Everybody gets a character arc. Yeah, and I like how they'll introduce things that are blatantly, like, off or weird in one episode, but not really bring it up again to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Like, say, for example, Stamets in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Dude Although is Lorca... high as shit. Yeah, even Lorca was like, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, this where we went along with it, but we know, from the way we see the show, the show goes, we're going to touch on why he's acting crazy. We're going to get some, like, background information of, like, how high is he on shrooms. Right. Yeah, unfortunately, the strain is psilocybin mushrooms, so, yeah. Also, how cool is it that the Admiral called out uh, that he did eugenics experiments on himself? Yeah. Yeah, that's what they warned about. Yeah, again, it, see, it's things like that. Okay, now it starts to feel like Star Trek. It feels like it exists at this time. Yeah. I, I uh, counterpoint that it's always felt like this to me. You've just been too skeptical to go along with it until now. Well, I needed a, I needed a preponderance of evidence, and it took this long for that threshold to get met. I guess. Okay, well, uh, why don't you go back and rewatch the beginning episodes again, and see if how you feel about them has changed now that you've got some more context. Oh, well, what I actually what I plan on doing is wait for the entire season one to be over and then rewatch it. Um, well, that's because... all my problem right now, though. <laughs> and no, they did I'll... get um, they announced they did get renewed for a second season today. Yay! Yeah. That's right. fantastic news. That means Star Trek is succeeding. Yep. And lives. It lives. Um, Just need five yeah, it, seasons in a movie and it'll be more successful than you know the whole last 15 years of Star Trek. 
I thought you were going to say. Mickey, what was that? Sorry? You cut off? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were about to say community. (laughs) (laughs) Ben is amused. That was David. (laughs) Oh, that's David? Yes, he's watching a YouTube thing over there with his headphones on. Oh. (laughs) His mouth is on a fucking headphone. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm just pleased just pissed by by this whole discovery thing so yeah like i said it took, i think this last episode i was getting there this episode i'm 100 on board um i'm i got my hands up in the air on the roller coaster going Wee! so <laughs> and i'm very interested by the preview for next week because that looks like a great story premise not yes. something that hasn't been done in some form before but i'm interested to see how they will put a spin on it right uh, yeah, I was totally on board for time loop. I'm like, yes, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> and then it ends with more Harry Mud. Yes, that's also my favorite thing. <laughs> right, exactly. I was the same way. I was like, oh, that's what got me so excited. Like, oh, they're doing Star Trek. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, yes. Speaking of Harry Mud, did, did you forget to wipe or? Gross. <laughs> Okay, so I, I I think Fort Max wants to actually get to the actual episode we're supposed to talk about tonight. Well, Fort Max has a lot more hours lately, so probably needs an earlier bedtime. Ah, uh, are you ready to go, Fort Max? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into that, I have an announcement I have to make. Um, as of this week, there are only ten more episodes of that one episode of Star Trek left. Well, what? Yes, we're going to end at episode 100. No! Okay. Yeah. Yay, I'm free! <laughs> Finally! Not for another 10 episodes, you're not. After that, I'll never have to talk to you assholes ever again. Wait, are we going to end before Discovery ends? Uh, what episode of Discovery are we on? Uh, six. Eight. And what, six to... So, yeah, probably. Is it six? I thought we were on eight. No, is it six? Hey, you're probably right. It's probably six. Uh, I have six. Yeah, okay, you're probably right. Okay, I have six on my totally legitimate, not torrented copy of the most recent episode that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Also, one other quick thing: uh, CBS, the online service, last night. Uh, I'm paying you assholes. Um, yeah, it, but, was, it was really bad. Yeah, I, I've heard. Show? I've heard numerous reports of it's useless to try to watch it on Sunday night. Yeah, uh, this is the first time I've had this kind of issue with it, and I'm a little pissed. Like I said, this is the first time I'm paying for it. There's like, oh, well, you know, streaming's expensive. You gotta pay us money. Okay, well, I did, so make it fucking work. You know, I'm paying you for a service, motherfuckers. Get it right. But anyway, so yeah, that's my only complaint. Yeah, and I heard from other people that I felt uh, I felt a lot less bad that other people were having it, so it was like a system thing, not just me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, anyway. consider consider what CBS All Access has been so far. It's been, you know, a way for uh, the senior citizens to stream old episodes of Diagnosis Murder whenever they want to. <laughs> That's quite a bit different from the load that, you know, people watching an actually good new Star Trek series are probably putting on their system. They don't have the infrastructure for this in place. Yeah, well, they, they should. Well, now they, they know. They should. They probably won't. Maybe it'd be better that for will be useless when Star Trek ends. Right, yeah. What about this bandwidth? What are we going to do with it? Uh, CSI Houston? 
Ottawa? CSI Ottawa? CSI Vulcan. <laughs> well, see, I would watch that. <laughs> oh, man. But everything just but who would be make, Who would be making the bad puns? <laughs> oh, there, there'd be that one Vulcan that like no one likes would be doing it. I volunteer. So I assume, of course, our last episode will be Threshold. Well, that would be spoiling, but yes, of course it will. <laughs> I mean, uh, how can wait. we end on anything but the thing that we're basically named after? <laughs> so are we all going to turn into, like, lizard newt things at the end of, the, end of, the, end of that episode? Because that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. I'm reserved. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reserving that for you, Scott. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, we gotta make room for shit in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, YouTube series don't produce themselves. Yeah, you produce them. <laughs> Eventually. But this week we're talking about the original series. We and certainly are. More hairy mud. This was a good episode. But can we talk about it? Sure, why not? All right, you volunteered. That's much, yes. Much Thank to Scott's God. relief. <laughs> I've been holding my breath for like. A minute and a half. <laughs> Damn, I should have strung him along longer. He could have, he could have passed oh, out and died. I, I almost passed out. Uh, okay, so we open up on the halls of the Enterprise. There's Spock and McCoy are walking down. And some random asshole in a blue shirt walks by. And McCoy turns and scowls at his backside. I don't like this motherfucker. That tight ass makes me angry. And Spock's like, why? Well, he doesn't smile or talk about his dog. And Spock's like, fuck off, McCoy. You're an idiot. He's fine. And then, institutional racism. <laughs> Which, uh, Spock deals with regretted <laughs> teeth. <laughs> yes, but I do like his response. Yeah, well, we mean not grabbing McCoy by the neck and snapping it with his bare hand? Well, no, when McCoy explains that part of his suspicion is also that the new crew member has not come in for his physical despite being summoned at least two times, obviously he's afraid of McCoy's backwards primitive medical implements. His beads and rattles. Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> oh shit. Because if there's one thing that will piss off McCoy, it's that. It's like the one thing you can get him on is his, his medical knowledge. And the look this Spock gives when he walks away, too, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he is so pleased with himself. So as Spock walks away, he calls out to McCoy, and stop worrying about that guy. He's a great dude. Smash <laughs> yeah. cut to dude walk into engineering and fucking everyone's shit up. Oh, no, first he walks into auxiliary control. Ready, chop! Because there, there's a whole process here that he goes through. So the first stop is auxiliary control, where you can literally take over control of the whole ship. That away from like the bridge. Security issue. Well, you know, it's uh, for command personnel only, but then you put one person in there who can be subdued with a chop to the neck. 
So basically, Sulu could at any point he wants to come and take command of the entire ship and nobody could stop him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Thankfully, when Sulu goes crazy, he just takes off his shirt and runs around grabbing Uhura. And, you know, waving his foil around. What makes you think he knows martial arts? It was a completely failed Sulu. There were rapier gangs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Put yourself on the call. (laughs) I, I would, but it would ruin the recording. Uh, I think it's already staying on the call is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> there were rapier gangs. All right. So the completely trustworthy dude that McCoy was worried about is going around on a rampage, knocking everyone out wherever he goes, flipping switches, flipping the switches back, flipping them a third time. <laughs> Somehow flipping the buttons with. The same sound effect as flipping the switches. Yeah, I like the way this is structured. So he goes to auxiliary control first. He overrides the Enterprise's course. Then you cut to the bridge, and Kirk's like, And somehow he does that by overloading something. Yeah, that's not really made clear. But the point is, like, you cut up to Kirk saying, okay, well, if you can't override that. So he calls to the emergency manual override room, which is a separate thing from auxiliary control, to have them override auxiliary control's override of the bridge control. Follow me here. But no, uh, our, you know, Mr. Norman is already there taking over that. I'm so bored. (laughs) I just like that they cut back and forth from the bridge to what Mr. Norman's doing, and every time he's one step ahead. So, like, there is a whole yes. there's a whole sequence of procedures that presumably could have stopped this if they would just get to them in time. Right, right. Well, and see, but they have to do these procedures all in order. Yes, apparently the final, you know, stage of safety protocols here is to call Scotty and have him flip the big master off switch. <laughs> Ah, Enterprise uh, unfortunately, Scotty has currently been entered in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> he lost. The flying kiltsman. <laughs> Off the turnbuckle. Yes. <laughs> no, it's, Nor- like... it's Norman versus the Hardy Boys in here. Uh... <laughs> it's engineers flying off the top rope. <laughs> I like how Scotty... It's fucking amazing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Scotty has to like, be next to the thing and like, oh, I'm so hurt I can't speak. I'm just going to lay here and um, oh, I'm so hurt. I can't talk. Uh... <laughs> that that scene could have been it was a little awkward. A little awkward. It was 60s thrilling, though. Uh, I guess so, man. I like how uh, Kirk's wearing his uh, little command wraparound today. Uh, so Kirk says, okay, I've had enough of this shit. I'm going to go take care of this myself. <laughs> right? He starts rubbing up his chopping hand. And... <laughs> And walks yeah. Norman as Kirk's trying to leave and sort of grabs him by the bicep. Nope. Yeah, how do you like it, bitch? <laughs> yeah, sucks when someone grabs you by the upper arm and really want to talk to you, huh? Yeah, he did the 60s lady grab on Kirk. Yep. And he's like, oh. <laughs> he's like holding his arm like, oh. And I'm slightly aroused, but ow. It's my flexing bicep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I curl those 40s. All right, so Norman lays the, the plot down. Hey, look, I've got control of your ship. We're going somewhere. You can't stop it, otherwise I've rigged it to blow up. Don't fuck with me, otherwise it'll blow up. Spock's like, yep, he's right. I'm not even going to really look. I'm just going to believe him because it's easier. 
it's not easier. Spock's you know smart enough to realize that this is the plot. We're just going to go along with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Norman starts taking his shirt off. Yeah, so I'm looking at this on Netflix, and it has all the new special effects. I am dying to know what the old special effects look like. Uh, it's on Memory Alpha, actually. Oh, going there now. Memory Alpha. It there looks uh, probably about how you'd expect. Well, I don't know. I expect some pretty weird things out of my male 60s abdomens. Uh, Does that keep all... getting a Bill and Ted bogus journey flashback? Uh-huh. When they fought the evil robot S's? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. All right, so where's that? I don't see a picture on here. It's your uh, metal, dude. <laughs> it's down toward the bottom. Down toward the bottom. We're on the midsection. <laughs> God damn it. If I go any further, <laughs> it's going to be x-rayed. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's, like, paper capacitors and shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> they just are going to stomach with marker. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh yeah, the new special effects are so much better. Yeah, they blended... Okay, so like, in the original, the cover that he lowers to show the circuits, like, it's a visible separate piece. They smoothed over that in the remaster also, so it's like seamless skin until he opens it. Yeah, yeah. They did a really good job of compositing that shot together, though. They really did. I, I was really impressed with how it looked. And even when he flips the panel back up and it turns back into skin, yeah, it's like s- seamless. That's really cool looking, actually. It's a shame they could have done something about the skin on his cheeks, too. <laughs> well, that would take spackle to fill in those gopher holes. Spackle effects. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're a you're can't too, even see the spackle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after the title sequence, we basically get a recap of, yep, this ship's going someplace. You can't stop me. All right, I'm taking a nap. Yeah, it's like, I'm so bored, I'm leaving this episode for a while. You know, usually when an outside force takes over the ship and decides they're going to go somewhere, they do, like, you know, crazy warp speed. But no, they just stick to about warp seven. Yeah, which is yeah. good. Good cruising speed. Nothing wrong with that. That Yeah, that well, it's a little bit higher than the Enterprise's cruising speed. But yeah, it's not, you know, dangerous or anything. Yeah, it's not going to give so Scotty a hernia. Well, that's not where the the drama is this time, for once. <laughs> well, so they've and been plus, cruising at warp seven for four days, and dude is still sleeping on the bridge. Yep, they <laughs> keep walking Standing around. I love that. Do you think uh, Kirk had the Yeomans dust him occasionally? <laughs> <laughs> Rand, would you please remove? I'm just examining him. <laughs> All right, so they they get where they're going, and Norman's like, "All right, I'm going to take down these people. Um, everyone on the bridge that's important, you're Except coming Sulu. with me." <laughs> yeah, that's important. <laughs> well, I think this is one of those occasions where, if George Takei had not been trying to expand his career into other roles, he probably would have had the Chekhov role this episode. Well, Which no, are... probably he would have had the Uhura role. I bet. Well, I'm just oh, saying, like, Chekhov's involvement probably was covering for George Takei's general unavailability. I'm just saying, like, if you're taking Uhura down to the planet, you're really filling a slot in, because nobody writes shit for Uhura. <laughs> Which is a fucking shame, because, like, in TAS... Yeah, she's awesome. She's yeah, saving everybody's bomb. ass. Right, yeah, Uhura's but... the fucking bomb. And here, even, like, you see her, like, open her mouth to speak, and then she goes, nah. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <clears throat> Yeah, I hate how they underutilized her in this episode. Or just in or general. This show. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, in general, but specifically in this episode, it's like it's so painfully obvious in this episode because she's there specifically. She sure is there. Yeah. Yes, she is. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, she's incredibly attractive, but that's a different that's a different story. Jean certainly thought so. Well, Jean had good taste. She allured him with his fan dance. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so they beam down to the Planet Purple Cave. Yay! And they're greeted by power sluts everywhere. Identical power sluts. Which are the best kind. So I like that they take the time to explain that the planet is a K-class planet. So as long as you've got, you know, artificial life support systems and structures, you can live there. Just don't go outside. Yeah, I guess it's more like Mars, where it's like it's kind of Earth-ish, but you still need pressure domes and stuff like that. But it's it's not like molten lava or anything. So and probably not extremes of cold or anything like that. Right, right. All right. So the Fembots escort them in to see the king, who turns out to be big surprise, Harry Mud. Hooray, Harcourt Fenton Mud. Who, my God, he makes this episode. Thank God he's in this. This will be the most boring fucking episode. <laughs> I I do love a man who chews scenery. This man chews it up, spits it out, picks it up, chews it again, gives it to somebody else to chew, takes it out of their mouth via French kiss, and then chews it some more. Gross. Yeah, but he does it. Okay, all right. So so now that he's here, watching this episode, I am just amazed how the actor can go from this cartoonish, buffoonish character, and then immediately, in the middle of a sentence, turns sinister, where you're actually like, oh shit, he's creepy as hell. And dangerous. I well, love Roger how he... Carmel is was a fantastic actor. He is amazing. And he plays this character just just that perfect, because there's that little edge, because you know, after watching Discovery, you know, Mud's in Discovery and stuff, and he's just kind of crazy and, and sinister. And in here, you can actually see that a little bit in this version of Mud. He was also Cyclonus. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, up to the birth, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Also, like how. Oh Kirk... no! I think up. I think up to. I think. I think there were, the last he died. I think before uh, the last few episodes of season three were recorded. Oh yeah, because he died in eighty-seven. I think. Yeah. Or thereabout. But yeah, for, uh, most love... of, for most of season three, it was him, and then it was Jack Angel, I think. And probably Wally Burr on occasion, because... Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> well, I mean, Wally Burr filled in for just about everyone at some point. He got around. So I really like the uh, the almost anime-ish stare-down that Mud and Kirk have. Well, like, it, it, it just needs some sp- it just needs some electricity crackle between them. Yep. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> or a, a split screen with the uh, the streaky background. Right. But if we did that, we'd cut out Agent 99 in the background. <laughs> I get that reference. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Uh, we missed this last week, but uh, Scott turned 40. I did? Yeah, it was your birthday. No, no turn 39. Uh, no, I'm going to say you're 40 now. <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's your punishment for not telling us it was your birthday so we could observe it on the show last week. Man, I don't tell anybody that shit. I can't believe, hey, Mickey has my birthday. He probably has it in his phone somewhere. It's on well, your I, Skype I remember within one day of it, one way or the other. Yeah. No, no, no. Day no. early or day late. Well, Sometimes that's both. That, look, that's still 12 months 
uh, closer than most people are. So, <laughs> so it's fun. Yeah, thirty nine. Here 40. I go. Whee. You get a one year penalty. You're forty. <laughs> if I was Chinese, I guess I'd be forty. Um, okay, so yeah. Fenton Mud. Awesome. Uh, fantastic. We covered that already. So he's laying down like, "What? Why'd you bring us here?" Well, I'm here stranded on this planet, and it's awesome. I get everything I want. But I put you in jail. Yes, well, I fixed that. <laughs> <laughs> and he, yeah, just in the back and forth in interplay. Yes. Just so awesome. I love how everything that Harry says, Kirk counters with the truth of what he really did, because he knows him well enough. Yeah. Yep. But also, like, how Harry doesn't, like, he's not pathological. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows that he's spinning it in a certain way. He's not delusional. Harry Mudd knows exactly who he is. Yeah, he's full of shit. Yeah, but he knows that he is. You know, he's not one of those people who believes his own bullshit. He knows that he's what he is. I mean, it's not like Q sometimes, like, oh, Captain, you hurt my feelings. No, no, Corker's like, meh, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking Harry Mudd is basically Q before Q. No, for Q. Nah, no. Okay, all right, whatever. I tried. All right, so basically what it all boils down to is that um, uh, Harry has been made king of the androids. <laughs> Mudd the first. And it's great and all, except they won't let him leave. <laughs> unless he replaces himself with other humans for them to study. Now, I have to admit, I'm a little annoyed that no point Spock made the point that I am not human, so I'm not close. Because they keep using the term human specifically. Not person or people, but human. So I got well, earlier in the episode, though, the, uh, Norman said, excuse me, humanoid. And Spock's oh. like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So the point that they're like, oh, it's cool. We'll just say human. All right, shorthand. And he is half human. So Harry's like, well, so... I learned a starship here, and bonus, it was you. <laughs> How delightful. <laughs> so I'm going to take your ship and leave, and you'll be here. Forever. Yeah. And as we find but, out later, it could literally be forever. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, so what I like about this this plot, I mean, it's kind of kind of campy and stuff, but I, the, again, the bones of it, not McCoy, the bones of the story are, are good, solid sci-fi. I'll give it that, yeah. And because I like the fact that these aliens, uh, the aliens that create these androids are from Andromeda. Holy shit, they're from, like, they're extra galactic. Holy cow. That's where Kevin Sorbo's from. <sighs> Not anymore. Uh, so, um, Harry starts bragging about his uh, robo-sluts. <laughs> He's, like, saying, this is my favorite model. Pan the camera back some so I can show you how many identical models I have. <laughs> mm. How many times? Yeah, it's like the red Sigorman from Gokhyger. How many times can I composite these same pair of twins on the screen at once? Apparently, it's three total. Uh, yeah, I was going to say three. Three is your answer. <laughs> 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 yeah, poor Max is correct. Yes, well, she tends to do that. <laughs> I do like the uh, slight judder between the different uh, parts of the image. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was a little distracting. 
in that episode of Next Generation where there's two Rikers, there's one composite shot where Commander Riker is clapping his hand onto Lieutenant Riker's shoulder, and the forearm and the bicep are moving uh, independent of each other. <laughs> it, yeah, it's really creepy and also just kind of a little bit janky. Yeah. Did they right. clean that up any for the uh, remaster, or...? I don't recall. I can't imagine they would, since it, you know it's just a composite shot. It, you know, the uh, like split screen composite. I'd have to look at the episode again. All right. So for the moment, the crew is just kind of like, okay, well, we're here. We'll go along with this until we figure a way out of this mess. <laughs> oh, at one point though, uh, Kirk did try to call to the Enterprise, and one of the Alice's uh, kind of just you know crushed the prop. Right. Yeah. I like how Harry Mudd's talking about like his crimes and 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 the punishment for selling patents that he didn't pay royalties on. That's his big crime they go with. Is it? And I like the way he goes to this big thing. He's like, "Oh, information wants to be free." I'm like, "When was this written? 2007?" <laughs> <laughs> and oh, uh, let's see your choice of death by hanging, death by electrocution, <laughs> death by firing squad. <laughs> And Harry's like, yes, they're all deaf. <laughs> right. Thank you, so funny. Spock. Yeah. yeah, they let you choose. <laughs> that was so funny. So right, right before they leave to go off to their quarters. Can I choose death by old age? <laughs> McCoy death gets all excited and says, hey, what's in this dark hole? <laughs> I'm going to put my dick in it. <laughs> And then uh, Harry gets excited as well. Ah, oh, this is the best thing. This is a shrine to my beloved wife, Stella. My dear departed. Who's mentioned in Discovery. Yep. And so it's uh, a Walt Disney World animatronic version of his wife. Who exists just to yell at him. And so he can tell her to shut up and stop yelling. And she actually will shut up. Yeah, and this is the only part where Mud actually seems actually crazy when it comes to his ex-wife. Well, well, at the same time, it's also the part where he seems kind of sympathetic. Really? With, well, with his whole... I don't think it, well, first of all, it's not his ex-wife. This is his current wife that he just oh, abandoned. Quite right, quite right. And, like, his whole explanation of, every time I think of her, it drives me further into space. <laughs> such a great yes. line. Yeah, drives to explore the galaxy. Yeah, I, that's that is one of the real. That is one of the best lines of Mud in a episode where he has nothing but good lines. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yep. Totally. <laughs> and I kind of live for her whole get up here of this weird frumpy velvet dress and her like Alice in Wonderland hair. Hmm. Yeah, there's really someone specific. That's the squarest hair. Doesn't she look like uh, Bette Midler's witch and witches or something? Yes, yes, she, she does. Cross her with the Borg Queen. Right, yeah, it's like Bette Midler and the Borg Queen. Yep. Alice Creed will be playing Bette Midler in this episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah, could be on something there. So right. they're escorted back to quarters, and after Kirk uh, shoes away the androids, very you know rudely, um, it's time. It's time to get. <laughs> no, some... I'm sorry. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Please leave us now. Why would we leave you? Because we don't like you. And oh, it, okay. and that little. Uh -huh. that he does. What, yeah. What, what was that? What was that? Well, it's time to uh, poll the crew for some opinions on their current situation. Chekhov, what do you think? 
It We're sucks. screwed. <laughs> Thank you, Chekhov. That's very helpful. McCoy? It sucks. <laughs> Thank you, Bones. Spock, yeah, if, you say we're we're, if you say we're fucked, I'm gonna... Well, we are, Captain. <sighs> I love how this is basically the turning point where this whole episode is just about frustrating Kirk. Yes. <laughs> and this is also the point where Uhura starts to open her mouth to have a comment and then just like, nah. Yeah, I like to imagine it's that? just like, well, she was going to say the same thing Chekhov was going to say, but she knows he's going to say it anyway, so let him, you know, be the one who gets in trouble for saying it. Let him, let him take that bullet. Yeah. <laughs> well, Spock is actually helpful here and says, okay, would... there's a whole, whole bunch of androids here. Um, there's going to be a really big computer controlling them. Let's go find it. Right. So apparently they can't operate. So apparently uh, they can't operate independently. Well, I mean, they're not soon type androids, so like presumably their brains are of a much more simple order. They're right. not, you know, self-sufficient and, you know, quasi-sentient on their own. They're not fully functional. Well, well given the that's... bulges in some of their pants. Yeah, I was going to say, God. That's, that's debatable, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that later. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, well, will we? Oh. Well, check out. Now, was, well. This bef- was this before or after uh, the uh, discussion with her uh, about uh, that, oh, that your brain can go in one of these? Uh, I think this is right before? Yeah, because I think after yeah. this, they start touring them around the facilities. Oh, yeah, so right. uh, Spock f- finds... Um, the bridge, or whatever the fuck you call it. Yeah, the the central core, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, where Norman has got his uh, Raelian outfit on, and he's <laughs> he, he's just holding the shit out of this magic crystal. Oh, he's holding the fuck out of that thing. So Spock starts telling Koi like, "So, pretty cool room. How does it work? What are your weaknesses?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm not programmed to respond in that area. Oh, well, that makes sense. Do you think Let's they can see, redub so. Do you think they can redub this episode with Richard Mole as Norman? <laughs> what, what? Mighty one. No, that's not it at all. Mighty- yeah, I can't I can't do Richard Mole. All right, so um Kirk and her are touring the Android production facility where they're learning about Barbara. Uh the body is covered with a self-renewing plastic, and she's got like a solid titanium frame. You can bang her as hard as you want. God, the work like their... very impressive. Yeah, that's so much better than the real doll I have. I think it just fell apart after like several thrashings. You have to wash it, Scott. God damn it. I don't want to. I'm just I'm intrigued by your description of thrashings. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put the real doll on a skateboard and push into a half pipe. Oh. It's rad. <laughs> no, either that you. or he got either that or uh he forgot that uh that that uh that attack keeps like, keeps uh going for several moves. Well, see, I'm just <laughs> and it fainted before he could uh use the before he could actually catch it. Yeah, see I'm just thinking, you know, uh thrashing, skateboard, new warriors. Yeah. Maybe Scott meant to say threshing. Oh. Like he puts his real doll out there in the fields to till some wheat or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very useful scarecrow. Or he fed it to a shark. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, both sharks and real dolls have cold, dead eyes. Doll's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so... um. <laughs> Her perks up hearing about these indestructible power sluts, and she's like, "Really? So, sock <laughs> me up. Well, Don't yeah, that's what, wear out. That's what's so bad about this. She's like, oh, I mean, it's not that. Well, I could be immortal and do anything. It's like I'd be pretty forever. It's like, oh, fucking, come on, sixties, stop being so goddamn sexist. Oh, well, she's like, okay, so y'all last forever? And Barbara's like, no, well, not forever. Just five hundred thousand years. Oh, and we could put your brain inside a robot too. That part probably wouldn't last five hundred thousand years." But I would walk 500,000 years. No. So uh, you can see Uhura like slowly think, turning into Ryoma as the <laughs> wheels in her head turn. Like, I could be in a cyborg body. <laughs> I'd be hot and immortal and invincible. I'd finally get the Enterprise. So before she can cut out her brain, uh, McCoy runs into the scene. Like, you gotta look at this lab! Look at all this neat stuff! <laughs> He's so happy! Yeah, this is the best. He up water, it's dry already! <laughs> this is the best day of my life! <laughs> I want to live here! <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> He's so happy to be here from begin to end. Like, this place is great! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Scotty, a little less so. Well, yeah, Scotty, Scotty didn't plan on taking a trip scene. today. Well, see, he hasn't seen, he hasn't been given a tour yet. He hasn't seen the lab. Not right. What about, what about the uh, distillery? <laughs> All right, so Scotty gets he, thrown he into he the just, scene. He's just got here. He hasn't had time to unpack yet. <laughs> Uh, so Scotty gets from the scenes like Kurt's like, well, wait a sec here. Uh, Scotty didn't come down with us, and Harold's like, oh well, about that. I thought you were <laughs> you were told to remain on the ship. Yeah, you're court-martialed, uh, Mister. Yeah, about that, Captain. Uh, while you've been down here touring uh, the slut manufacturing plant, um, well, the other sluts have been uh, beeping everyone down here. Yeah, so surprise, the whole crew is down here now, and the ship's being run by androids. And that's when Kirk snaps. Well, it's better than putting the well, whole ship on iOS. I want to ignore that. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> Move along home. All on Moraine. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm out. <laughs> so uh, Kirk grabs Harry by the throat and shoves him into the wall and starts raising him up towards the ceiling, one arm style. <laughs> As his eyes, he's just that tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah just... But yeah, Kirk, like his eyes start glowing red and shit. And he gets a oh, demon voice. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking, oh, that's a really impressive shot with them having with Kirk having lifting him. Oh wait, no, he's just tall. Yep. <laughs> So tall and handsome. He's the tallest person in the episode. Like literally, he is a head above everybody else. <laughs> in acting ability and stature. Yeah. So Kirk's like, "You'll never get away with this, you know." And Harry's like, "Well, yeah, my ship's 
as fast or faster than anything else in the fleet, so how the hell are they going to catch me? <laughs> right, yeah, I have a constitution class, motherfucker. And Kirk's like, uh, oh. Well, shit. I like how Kirk tries to grab him, too, like, threateningly. He's like, oh, I can't grab him by the epaulets. I have to grab him by something else. And he gives this weird little like, half thing on half of his collar. Come on, so, Kirk, you could you can throttle someone better than that. Just grab him by the nips. Yeah. <laughs> grab him by the chest hair. Grab him by the short and curlies. Kirk, remember, yeah. you're captain. You need to delegate. Send Spock over. Yeah. <laughs> Slap him around a little bit. Uh, Kirk's finally like, yep, we're fucked, aren't we? Yeah, 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 that's what we've been trying to tell you. If you would just listen to Chekhov 20 minutes ago. <laughs> Said well, no one as ever. long as we're here, these androids will give us anything we want for in unlimited quantity. What could possibly go wrong <laughs> by giving the entire crew unlimited wishes? Yeah, I'll Smash cut to Chekhov <laughs> sitting on a throne and being serviced by power slots. Oh, uh, you aren't real. Oh, but we are. We are fully functional. Not really How real. fully functional. Yeah. We've been programmed to uh the Lord Mud specifications. Oh. But he's we a pervert. Need that hairy mud, that lecherous pervert hairy mud. This is better than Leningrad. Because <laughs> if there's anything Leningrad's famous for, it's the Russian sluts. Who will do anything. I mean anything. I just kind of like that these geishas keep filling up his pimp cup with soy sauce. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you need more sodium here. <laughs> well, it's what they, like, you know, they need something that's high in electrolytes. They just assume he does, too. <laughs> half soy sauce, half motor oil. <laughs> Get everything the body craves. <laughs> All right, so what's Scotty That's looking at? Funny. Jesus Christ, you made the lights glow in serial order. Good God, we don't have that kind of technology. It's like a digital Jacob's Ladder. All <laughs> <laughs> well, that lights just blink on and off randomly. You may just move in order. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, now, now Scotty wants to live here as well. What do you uh, mean it's an integrated circuit? What does yeah, that mean? What's that? <laughs> oh, laddie, your nipples are about. I mean, how out. does it work? There aren't even any wires. <laughs> Where are the tubes? The tubes. <laughs> Not even capacitors. <laughs> All right. See, I always thought my Scottish accent was terrible, but wow, <laughs> you guys just blow me out of the water. I'd rather not. <laughs> <laughs> So, into the water, then? I'd rather not blow you at all. (laughs) Oh, God. And this concludes sexual harassment with Scott. All right, so, um... Norman's nipples tell Kirk that uh, we're learning a lot about you guys. Those are her sensors. (laughs) Hey, Kirk, eyes are up here. (laughs) I can't look away. They're... Mesmerizing. Spock! Look at these nipples. They're amazing. I don't know where to look. All right, so. <laughs> through regroups, uh, Chekhov has got a pleasant glow about him. 
He's drunk. <laughs> he got laid. He's drunk on motor oil and soy sauce. He's like, he just needs a nap. That's what he needs. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Not for the same reasons, though, I imagine. No. Uh, why do your pants smell like a fish that's been left in a car engine? <laughs> <laughs> why did you leave a, Why are you laying down on your stomach? Oh, no reason, Captain. <laughs> And All he right, sits so, there with his hands over his crotch. You're like, oh, don't ask me a question. I want to go to the chalkboard. So the crew is in a gilded cage that we stress this point multiple times. What, what kind of cage is it? Gilded. But it's a very nice gilded cage. Yes, that's what gilded means, you ass. Please give us back our ship. Yeah, so Alice comes in. It's like, what, <clears throat> what can I get for you? You want biscuits? <laughs> the Enterprise. How about some sausage? You got sweet tea and cigarettes and sunflower seeds. Kirk's like, well, we want the ship. As he's winking to the other players, like, well, that's smart, this genie. <laughs> Sp- of course, Spock at the- I mean, Spock, Kirk at this point, he's like, do you have any idea how many computers I have talked to death? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a greater kill ratio with that than Marvin the Paranoid Android. So, um, Alice starts freaking out a little bit, and her 70s necklace starts glowing. It's like, whoa, hold up. <clears throat> the Enterprise isn't a want or a desire, it's a ship. <gasps> but Kirk's like, no, it's a sexy lady with ample nacelles. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. He's like, so what I want up. to know is, okay, clearly they understand material wants and desires. Why isn't a ship classify as a material want or desire? Because they want the freedom that the ship gives, I think. I don't know. No, Fort Mac makes a good point. It It is kind of a inconsistency, but at the same time. Yeah. Plot contrivance. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. We're still too I mean, could have just said, well, we can't make you a ship, so <clears throat> deal. Right. But they didn't, or so. We can't we'll... bring it down here. <laughs> no, it could, but just once. <laughs> <laughs> we'll beam Troy up. <laughs> and just let nature take its course. We will design Troy number one. Oh, God. <laughs> That's all you'd need. Is this the part where McCoy starts? Nothing happens because there's like because they have ice cream up there. (laughs) So is this part where McCoy starts going? Nope, they're very much better than this in every way. We should start worshiping them like gods. (laughs) I mean, have you seen their lab? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen Norman's nipples? Have Uh, I? Every. Yeah, we saw those from orbit, (laughs) by the way. I'm surprised you're focusing on Norman's nipples. Anyway, his uh, package is pretty well on display too. Well, the, the, the subtitles are hiding it. Uh, <laughs> also, his package isn't as pointy as his nipples. It's just more of an indistinct lump, like he shoved a head of cabbage in his crotch. Well, I'm thinking they're wearing jock straps, I like guess, they're playing I baseball later. I assume it's no uh, R5 bulge. Well, no. What is? <laughs> oh, Date, where did you go? Well, he did Metal Heroes once. All right, so uh, McCoy is verbally sucking these androids' cocks. Uh, then let's see. Oh, uh, Harry's got his little party session going on here in the throne room. 
Yes. <clears throat> the car enters and it's like, okay, so I want the Enterprise back? And Harry's like, ha ha ha, no. <laughs> You're so stubborn, Kirk. In fact, not only am I not going to give you the Enterprise back, I'm leaving with it tomorrow. Yep, because that's the plan. That's why I didn't leave right away. He had to I mean, pack. Already... And he had to gloat. He had to pack and probably, you know, pick his favorite Alice's. And then had to insult Stella one last time. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to give him the motivation to leave. Yeah, obviously <laughs> you don't want to take that with you. No. That's the baggage you leave at home. Now, I love when Stella comes alive. She points them and says, have you been drinking again? <laughs> and Harry's sort of like, smiles and like nods at Kirk, like, yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess in space, moonshine has a whole different meaning. Well, when like, they make it on the moon, they, they call it Earthshine. Yeah. I assume their androids could make a still, you know. They can make anything. Except the Enterprise. Nobody asked them to make an Enterprise. They just asked to be given the Enterprise <clears throat> back. There's a difference. Or or they they seem to be able to make it slightly warmer in the room either. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of interesting how, like, all the girls have these weird sort of half shower curtain, half Greco-Roman outfit going on. Yeah, the dudes, they just get, like, you know, 60s jumpsuits made of spandex. Mm-hmm. Well, consistency going on here. No, though there it is very consistent. Which ones were designed with muds input? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, here, right. That actually does make logical sense because yeah. Mud himself was even very dismissive of the male version androids existing. Yeah, he's like, yeah, they they exist, but. So they they, ha- they may they seem to have their uses, but I don't care. But they have penises, right. so what? Why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess sometimes it's fun to watch, but <laughs> I like it when like Harry starts freaking. I was like, oh, I want to leave too, and like, no, you can't leave because uh, you suck and you're childish. And then he's like, Alice, number one, and she pushes him, and he goes flying backwards toward Kirk. Kirk just steps out of the way and lets uh-huh. him fall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fuck down, Harry. Yeah. Staying here, you. we are taking the ship, and we're going to stop humanity from ever expanding anymore. <laughs> we're going to... We're going to take care of them. We're going to babysit you to death. To which the weirdest monkey paw? <clears throat> yeah, Spock, Spock is so like, yeah, well, it makes sense. They probably should. Humans suck. <laughs> Thanks, Spock. <laughs> if only we knew another race that was trying to uh, parent, be parent to the child that is humanity. Oh, wait, that's us. Hmm. Yeah, the Vulcans have wanted to do the same thing for, you know, over a century. They just don't have the manpower to keep it up. Fucking 200 years, yeah. <laughs> well, it takes one Sarek to raise one human to be proper Vulcan, so... <laughs> he needs a lot that. of Serex. Yeah. Even he didn't do a very good job. Well, he also had a human wife to deal with. Oh, damn. And, and we see what human wives are like. Look at Harry's. Hardcore <laughs> Fenton Mud? What have you been up to? <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Uh, 
Well, so now uh, Harry's on their side because now he's stuck too. So now he has a reason to work with the crew to get off this fucking rock. So they start trying to work things out here, and Spock is doing number games. Basically, there's all these different things. There's like a billion Alice's and like thirty thousand Normans. Yeah, it's oh. like five hundred of each apparently, except for this one that there's yeah, only like one. A, yeah, yeah, Norman. Norman's the only one who's singular. But why? Oh, no reason. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Moving on. Well, maybe not. Maybe there actually is something to that. So Spock conjectures that all the androids are run by a central brain, which I'm pretty sure we established earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so what he's saying here is that the central processing system that he saw looked completely inadequate to the task that he theorized it would need to do. So at this point, he's expanding on his hypothesis and figuring out that while there's only one Norman, maybe he's actually the central processing system. And the rest of it is just a linking computer. <clears throat> yeah, because there's over 200,000 androids on this planet. 207,364. <laughs> Did you write that down? Was I right? No, he memorized it. What are you talking oh, okay. about? It's, it's 6B. He knew this. It's just knowledge has floating around his head. <laughs> if we were if we were to stop at some point like two weeks ago and go, hey, how many uh, of Mud's androids are on that planet? He would have given us the same answer. So um, Kirk realizes – I remember their necklace or flashes, and we were talking about stuff that didn't make any sense to him. Can we use that? <laughs> I like the way it glows. So pretty. So uh, we get the dumbest solution to this episode of we're just going to make computer think illogical things, and that will break it. Yep, that's how they do it. I mean, I kind of get what they're trying to do. They're trying to assault Norman from as many vectors as possible with confusing information to try to break his processing capability. But like, when we only actually have seven of the crew on screen at any given time... It's not as impressive looking as if as if they even just said, okay, we're going to instruct the entire crew to be carrying out the same activity all over the complex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. To be fair, though, when this episode aired, the idea of putting a logical question to the computer probably wasn't as cliche as it is now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is, that's an extremely valid point. <laughs> no, and, and like, again, like from the perspective we have now, it's not even so far-fetched if they would have just added the bit of dialogue. Okay, we've got 420-something people on the planet with us. Everybody's going to get in on this, and we're going to you know, hit it from as many points as we can all at the same time. Except back then, I don't think that was even necessary because no, just the no. idea of one illogical question was probably enough for most computers to blow up back then. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but uh, I do love that Harry manages to somehow like do a your mom joke to Spock somehow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I don't quite, I don't quite get it, but <laughs> I'm pretty certain I said that uh, Spock's mom was a whore. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I took away from it too. And Spock's like, "What did you say about my mother?" <laughs> <laughs> But before they get started on that, they have to make him think that they've uh, already tried. Uh, that they need they need to uh, the make a, expecting uh, an escape, escape attempt. attempt. Yeah, yeah, because apparently that's all they need one attempt. 
and they're not going and clearly they're not going to ever to try again after that one attempt fails. Well, uh, you know, Spock's thinking like the androids are. That there's a checklist that the androids are going to be following. So, you know, one of the items on there is, did they try to escape? Yes, no. If yes, <laughs> go to 20. <laughs> yeah, it's a little prescriptive, but uh, whatever. Speaking of prescriptive, uh, we're going to need someone injured for this scene. McCoy! Get out your needle. <laughs> Well, I just happen to have a knockout compound in there, which is what I usually keep in there. Uh, so they shoot Harry up full of heroin and fentanyl. <laughs> Not even bothering to check the dosage. Harry <laughs> fentanyl mud. <laughs> <laughs> heroin fentanyl. <sighs> Are you okay, Scott? No, that's just, that was really funny way to do that. I don't... I think that comes yeah. kind of by accident, actually. That was amazing. <laughs> that. His name is Harry Fenton Mudd, and you spill him full of heroin fentanyl? Uh, Come yeah, on! That's <laughs> amazing, goddamn. Yeah! <laughs> I'm you, even better than I think I am. We should just close the episode now. <laughs> we should just close the series, the podcast now. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Alright, so uh, they knock out Harry... And they call back the uh, the Robo Babes, and they're like, "Look, see, he's actually sick. You've got to beam him up to the, the Enterprise so McCoy can treat him, so McCoy can have access to his uh, medical equipment that you po- couldn't possibly uh, have uh, better equipment than down here in the amazing lab that he was gushing over." <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so she's kind of buying it. Yeah. Until that bitch Uhura. God damn it, Uhura. He's like, hold up, they're lying. I want my immortal sexy robot body. So I can be pretty forever. And I want tank treads instead of legs. <laughs> <laughs> and I want my Could brain... That just make me into a gun tank? Yes. Well, that depends. Does she have a little dude in her stomach and her head? Uh, well, I... That's a little personal, but... <laughs> No, she's in the pill. (laughs) Space pill. I wonder if I can build tank treads for the Ahura toy. (laughs) I should get on that. Alright, but... Oh, surprise, it was all a ruse to to make them believe they tried to escape. Ahura was actually on their side all along. So I can imagine William Shatner's kind of like... Okay, so this is the part where I grab her by the arms really hard, right? And almost lift her off the ground. It's like, well, no, the script doesn't really call for that, uh, Mr. Shatner. But I'm doing it anyway. And Hara's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Ah. I'm going along with the scene. Yes, yeah. and? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the fake escape attempt is done. So now it's time to start confusing some robots. And this uh, goes on for 15 fucking minutes. Uh, and, and the thing last... is, it seems like... Did, did they actually even have to drug mud for this? Because... Well, they didn't have to. <laughs> but it was I mean, fun he to see, stab him with a needle. <laughs> he seems to... Well, it was a hypo spray. No, I think it was actually a needle, wasn't it? It looked like a needle to me. <laughs> 
Okay, but still, Ainis seems very unperturbed later on. That's because he's probably still high. Yeah, on heroin and fentanyl. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm never going to let you live that one down. <laughs> live it How down. Live it most... down. Yeah, this is the most brilliant moment in years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I th- I think we know who's going to win uh, this episode. <laughs> All right, so okay, so uh, we get cut to uh, Kirk orchestrating nonsense and the crew dancing to their music, and the computer's like, "Whoa, this is confusing. I don't get this." <clears throat> and you're right, this does go on forever. Uh, this is where it turns into an original series episode. Uh, where it's it's just taking a sweet time because there's less commercials. Yeah, so and it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And yeah, it's just the crew acting like fools, doing nonsensical things to confuse the computer. And literally, I'm looking at the time left on Netflix, 15 minutes from when it started. Now, I do like the point where Scott tries to do a Vulcan nerve pinch on an Android, and he's like, oh, that didn't work. Okay, <laughs> now I know. Yeah. Is, there any Although, sig- is there any significance to this action? Uh, no, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, you, you don't like it? It was supposed to... No, never mind. Although seeing Uhura smack the shit out of Chekhov is always funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she backhands that little fucker. Like, all it's missing is like a, a tennis racket in her hand. <laughs> put baby or a powder golf club or a, uh, or a cooking pan. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's her servant arm right there. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just kind of fucking keeps going. Um, I'm glad I'm not doing the review on this. Have fun. I, I, gonna... I will have fun. We're skimming over this shit. Um... <laughs> so, no, Spock's is pretty funny, though. I do like Spock's. Spock's was pretty funny. I he's love like, he's... you, but I he's hate mesmer... you. Because he's you are the same as her. <laughs> so they don't really act like androids. They just act like blondes at this point. What? And they cock their head. What? <laughs> You're weird. All right, so eventually narrow it down to just Norman, and they give him the labyrinth question of one of us always lies, one of us always tells the truth. Stupid. And it's the ultimate logic brain buster for him. And they actually make smoke come out of his ears, which is kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you see what Cosmic Duck did with this screenshot I posted of that? No. Um, I don't think so. Okay, I'm pasting it right now. <clears throat> this is going to be the uh, the cover oh image for this for the podcast post when it goes up tomorrow. <laughs> oh God, that is a deep cut. That is a deep <laughs> superhero time cut right there. Holy shit! See now, it really needed to be about how to get to Tulsa. <laughs> Look, the spirit uh, of it's there. Don't don't get bogged yeah. down in the details for it, Max. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh and uh, that's a, a nice puppet love live uh, back back uh, background there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, every every two people that gets this joke is gonna think it's hilarious. Why does he have puppet love live as a background? 
it's cosmic duck and you don't question cosmic duck when i asked that i don't actually want to question i'm just more stating that yeah okay <laughs> all right so the androids are defeated hooray yeah and so the crew's got the Enterprise back, and we're going to throw a fast through through some of the shit because I'm tired of going through it. Uh, basically, it boils down to, um, by the way, Harry, uh, we're leaving you here on the planet with all these wish-granting sluts. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. And oh, and we had some, it, some androids made spe- some new androids made specifically to take care of you. Well, that's great. How long will I be here? Until you're not annoying. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the wind conditions for this little punishment are a little unclear. Well, it's Kirk's typical uh, method of operation. When he has a problem he doesn't know how to deal with, he just strands it on the planet for an indefinite period of time. <laughs> well, that <laughs> net wrong. Yeah, that never comes back to bite him on the ass. <laughs> three, the wrath of mud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we're getting that discovery. Aren't that we? would that would have been an amazing movie. It would have just so, been mud with his android with like, army uh, invading the Federation. God, that'd be fucking rad. <laughs> but imagine Harry Mudd in the same outfit. It seems he's got a big muscular fake chest on. <laughs> <sighs> Love it. Well, they, I mean, they would fill out the the uniform in some way, but they'd have to leave his natural chest visible for all the hair. Maybe we can have like fake arms. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right, so uh, yeah, the, so the special android they made five hundred for him. Who could it possibly? Or Fenton Mud? What have you been <laughs> up to? Have you been drinking again? Good. <sighs> you can't do this to me here. I like how she like like walks between the group of the of, uh, of the crew, <laughs> and like okay, first it's just number one, then it's number two, then five hundred. Yeah, of course it could be like the uh, the goats left in the high school kind of thing where there's one, two, and four, so they waste all the time looking for number three. So maybe there is only one, two, and five hundred. Maybe. I'm sorry. Wait, what now? What are you talking about? Oh, you ever heard that old thing before? Like as part of like a senior prank. You you let three pigs or goats into a high school with uh, the numbers one, two, and four painted on their sides. Oh, so, so implies there's three. Okay, so. there's implies there's three, and they keep looking for three, and they can't find it. I think it's in there, but there actually isn't one. You've just numbered them one, two, and four. Well, I would do that with snakes. With what? <laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> snakes. <clears throat> the only senior prank I remember from school was wasn't my classes, but somebody. Like one of the other classes, uh, they released like shitloads of crickets into the library. Oh, <laughs> which um, one is irritating. Also, it, they eat paper. <laughs> yeah. So it was really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Did they realize at the time that they eat paper, or was it just like you know the noise? I don't think crank. high school students know that yeah, they eat I, paper. It, these are American high school students. They don't have that kind of knowledge. Fair enough. <clears throat> Especially, you know, the 25 years ago when Mickey was in high school. Mm-hmm. 30, 40 years ago, yeah. I am now old enough to have graduated from high school twice. We... <laughs> hey, at least you've done it at least once. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> That's what GEDs are for. That's exactly right. <laughs> the 
good enough degree. The things that uh, you roll a Humvee over and it blows up? Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's, that's IED. Yeah, never mind. Whatever. Oh, I thought that was the thing you put in uteruses to keep from getting pregnant. No, that's a UID. Oh. I thought it was an IUD. I, how would you yeah. know? Because yeah, that's that was the way it makes that, sense. Uh, Intrauterine <laughs> device. <laughs> Not a unique uh, ID. Yeah, yeah, unique user ID. <laughs> That'd I be a UUID. Good. You don't have to be redundant. <laughs> and repetitive. And redundant. Thank you. <laughs> I was just waiting. It's like, please, please, please. <laughs> All right, so uh, the Enterprise speeds away laughing as Harry's going to be tortured to death until he dies. <laughs> By 500 copies of his bitch wife. Yeah. Oh, also, apparently, yeah. at some point in between scenes, they reprogrammed all the androids. Probably, yeah. yeah. So, apparently, they were on the planet <clears throat> in the first place to uh, terraform it. And so, now they're being put back to that task. Which... Yeah doesn't necessarily track with the backstory Norman was talking about earlier where like he was the one survivor from an outpost in the Milky Way. Yeah, it's a little fuzzy that. Yeah. Frankly, I don't even care enough about that plot point to even really yeah. do it. I mean, go go ahead if you want, but I, I don't care. I'm just I'm just kind of bringing up the circumstances. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of neat, though. They're, like, from an alien race in the Andromeda galaxy over here, like, colonizing and shit. Like, whoa, geez. Of course, then the question is, how do they get past the energy barrier? Because then, what, in the very first fucking episode, they talk about the energy barrier at the edge of the universe, or edge of the galaxy? Maybe it wasn't there then. (laughs) He was turned off. They (laughs) tripped over the plug on the way in. Yeah, the Q hadn't turned it on yet. Uh, Gross. All right, so uh, what are we doing next week? Mickey wants to do the naked now. Like right now? Well, I don't necessarily want to do it next. I think we should actually save the episode for when Bus is with us. I'm sorry, I mean at Lord Taco on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> and Snapchat. Don't forget yes. Snapchat. Yes, uh, how could how could you forget Snapchat? Well, that that implies that we're going to have him on again in our final ten episodes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now. One episode that I've been thinking might be interesting, though oh boy, I Fort don't has a suggestion. haven't seen it, is <laughs> the one where they give Neelix hologram lungs. Yeah, see that one. That one's horrifying. That okay. is horrifying. That's the introduction to the Vidians. Ugh, Vidians. They're icky. Yeah. Even, the Vidians, I, even when I was watching Voyager back in the day, I couldn't tell the difference between the Vidians and the Kazon. They look too similar to me. What? Yeah, well, I know. Well, the, the Kazons are, are the ones rotting... with, with the coral, aren't they? Yes. yes. And the Vidians are the ones that are shambling mounds of rotting flesh. Yeah, they have the phage. When they're phagia. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah I, that one's horrifying, so yeah, I'm on board. I kind of want to do an Enterprise episode, too. We haven't done Enterprise in forever. Gee, I wonder why that is. <laughs> well, because it's boring as shit? I don't know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Got it. One day I'll finish it. Dude, we got to do the last episode. Did we do the last episode? Yes. We yes. Last episode. Okay, yeah, that's right. Um, there's you another one. I wasn't here do... for that. I don't remember how long ago that was. 
I hmm, it rings no, a bell. You did. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, yeah, I ring, yeah, rings a bell. Uh, okay, so what are we doing? Naked now? No, no, no. We're doing no Voyager. Are we? Whatever one Neelix's lungs are. Yeah, that's so in the first season. Neelix's it's simultaneously lungs. creepy and stupid. The episode title might, in fact, be <clears throat> Phage. It, in fact, is. Yeah, episode five. Wow, it was really that early? Episode five? Episode, uh... Yeah, season one, episode five. Huh. Well, if it's season one, one of the interesting things is that season one looks very different from other Voyager and that it's dark. There's lots of shadows. Yes. You very much tell the DS9 influence in season one. And then season two, they just start shooting it like it's TNG. Yeah, well, basically. TNG from season three onward, because remember the first two seasons of TNG were also lit fairly low key. <clears throat> but they changed heard? they changed directors of photography between seasons, and that's when TNG got bright and sterile looking. All sitcom lighting. Yeah, basically. Also, when I was visiting Mickey the last time we were watching some early Season 3 episodes, we also made the determination that during that transition period, they did not know how to actually light those sets anymore. Because, yep. damn, were some of those scenes blown out. Really? Yep. Huh. huh. Uh, early go, Season 3. Go back mm, to okay. um, Evolution, which I think is the first episode of Season 3, first or second. Uh, and look at some of the shots of Wesley in the lab. Mm-hmm. A, you can see all the acne he had over the summer break. <laughs> <laughs> and also how it looks like he is living in a hospital. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Yeah, it, it's right. it's pretty bad lighting in those first few episodes. Um, the Ensigns of Command, which was the other of the first two episodes of the season, has some interesting lighting conditions on the planet's surface. Uh, the Enterprise shots are still kind of sterile and blown out in places. Hmm. Also, they completely dubbed over one of the guest actors' lines with somebody else because he was unhappy. What? Wait, they, to punish him or like at his request? At his request. Okay. Very weird. Well, I mean, wait, he was unhappy with his own acting, so they wanted it dubbed over? He wanted it dubbed over. That's weird. Well, you know. Huh. Actors, man. Yeah. I sound like like an idiot in this. (laughs) Intro quote. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Fort Max. Well, I I kind of walked into that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you really did Scott this week, <laughs> but not but not in the water. <laughs> uh, gee, is this the first episode that I've picked? <laughs> I think so. Well, at least Star ending. Trek, yeah. Yeah, it's the first episode episode of Star Trek you've picked because, as we have established once or twice before, you're on the Star Trek podcast, but you're not actually a fan of Star Trek. (laughs) I kind of am a fan. It's more that I haven't actually gotten around to watching most of it. What are you doing with your life? I think we're splitting hairs a little bit there. (laughs) Uh. What I'm doing with my life is uh, working myself to death with all with this uh, overtime schedule. But you could be watching Star Trek instead. Yeah, 
Yeah. It must be good paychecks, though, right? All the overtime. <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> well, Is this the lyrics to a mask okay. song? Uh, working overtime. Are you fighting crime? <laughs> no, that's a. Uh... Oh yeah, it is the. That is song. mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is okay. All the right. song rhymes fighting crime with fighting crime. Yeah, that's fighting good crime. songwriting. Fighting crime. <laughs> you know what? I I have like the, the extended version on YouTube saved, so I can listen to it whenever I want, and I do. Yeah, you good didn't know you. what the song was. Well, not the way you people butchered that beautiful song. Oh, you haven't heard Fort Max butcher a song, Scott. <laughs> butcher or, or improve. Because oh <laughs> I'm going to go with improve because <laughs> I only got one English version saved, and it's not the one that was released from Japan. Yeah, I, I, I will concede and that. It, yeah, and it's also the one that you can actually understand. Yeah, I will yep. concede Fort Max's rendition of Time Rangers opening is the one that I can actually understand what the words are. Despite both being in English. Allegedly. Hmm. Yes, yes. Well, shall we call it a night? Yeah, I it's think so. Night. I think so. There was no Orville last week, was there? No. No, unfortunately. They took a took a break. That's okay. I could probably, you know, use a palate cleanser week. Yeah. Yeah. You you can only have so much sugar at once. And then it stops <laughs> tasting like anything. Yeah. And there goes David laughing in the background again. Is he listening to yep. this? No. <laughs> no, he wouldn't be laughing. <laughs> he would, just not in the way that I mean it. Yeah. You hear someone sobbing, that's how you know someone's listening to this podcast. So. We, we yeah. are we are the cure right. for joy and happiness. But hey, we're gonna have a great time talking about the phage and the Vidians next week. I swear it's like a party on a leper colony. Nope. No? No. They're very leprous though. They're like falling apart and shit. I don't, I don't know. No, okay. but we're not qu- quoting a subpar Weird Al song. <laughs> You know, I would like to disagree song with you. Okay, like I said, I want to disagree with you, but I can't. So, sure. Not not his finest work. <laughs>